Nice keyboard playing there, bro. Man, wow. That just ushers in the presence, I'll tell you what. I've got to make a confession. I'm a bit wrecked at the moment. I'm a bit of a sook sometimes, so I'm going to keep this handy. I asked God in lead up to today, I go, God, give me your heart for the Mount Clear family. Uh, and, he, and what he's doing in my heart as I'm looking at you, and even in, in, even in driving here this morning, I felt a love swell up in my heart. Some of you I do know, some of you I don't, but he knows you. He loves you, and he's so wrapped that we're together today. I want to really thank Andrew and Mel. These guys uh, are so near and dear to our, heart, our hearts. Um, we've been doing the journey together for a couple of years now and you guys have some of the most encouraging pastors I've ever met. They are your cheer squad, I hope you know that. And, and the way they talk about you when you're not there is beautiful. And you really get to see the heart of a spiritual father and mother. And they love you, they are praying for you, and they are in your corner cheering you on. Okay, please never forget that. You are blessed to have a ministry couple like that here. I tell you, so blessed. I I even want to join this church. (laughs) So I'm going to hand him my resignation next week. We'll see how we go. But I started with an idea to bring to you today, but then it morphed into something completely different. And that's, I guess, the beauty of spending time with God, isn't it? Where you might bring your agenda, but all of a sudden he says, ha, 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 ha. Let me interrupt your agenda and let's do it my way. So I'm hoping that what I'm bringing to you today is his way. You okay with that? Because I don't want you to encounter Mark. And I know I'm dead set gorgeously handsome and you probably think I look like George Clooney, but (laughs) seriously, I'm nothing special. It's him. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Grace paint that painting and I'm just seeing the glory all over her, all over that. I can't wait to see it finished. (sighs) Okay, I'm gonna try and compose myself and get into this. Guys, can we just raise our hands just like we're grabbing the father's hand? Just like you're about to take his hand. I just wanna lead us into a place where we know that we know we are connected to him. Can I get you to repeat these words after me, church, please? Father God, I reach up to hold your hand and I say thank you for always being here. Today, I make a choice. We will go wherever you want to go. We will hear whatever word you want to say. And I'm positioning myself to receive whatever you have for me now. Thank you, Jesus, for making this moment possible. Amen. If I was to do a survey across this room here today about your definition of, or your impression of Father God, I'm sure I'd get some very interesting answers. Some might say, oh, that Father God, oh, he, he's, he's angry, he's harsh. 
you get some that could possibly say, yeah, God is distant, God is unapproachable to me. He's intolerant. He, he, I, don't, I just don't feel that he's around. And when you get those type of responses, it, it's usually spoken out of what we call a father wound. A father wound that many, many, many people carry. You see, what's happened is that we have been on the receiving end of a father that should have known better. Of an earthly dad. Now, now what, what is happening is all that pain you are projecting to your heavenly father. Can I just say this, and it might seem obvious, but Father God is not like your dad on earth. They're not the same. I know that seems obvious. Oh, duh. Oh, you won't tell me anything new. But to project those father wounds to him, it's not right. You're missing out. Many Christians that I've dealt with over the years, this one issue keeps on coming up. And I'm not going to stop bringing it up because it's something that I'm realising in the heart of many Christians, the issue of Father God is undealt with. It's undealt with. We tend to, to you know, Jesus, oh, I don't have a problem with Jesus. Oh, he's, my best, he's my best buddy. You know, me and Jesus, we're best friends. Holy Spirit, no, I don't have an issue with him either. He's my helper. He's there when I need him. He's my strength. You know, he's my strength. Father God, you know what? I'd rather not go there. I'd rather not expose myself to hurt again. How about we change the subject? Well, we can't change the subject. Because if I was to ask you, why did Jesus come? What would be your answer? Oh, yeah, he came to die for us, you know, um, break the curse of sin over our lives, give us access to heaven. Okay, that's all good, but why did he come? It's more than that. He actually came to reveal a father. Jesus came to reveal a father. That's why he said to Philip, Philip said, show us the father and it'll all be good. He said, Philip, I've been with you for so long. What? You see me, you see the father. That through Jesus, we saw the heart of a father that couldn't stand sickness on a, on a person's body. So everyone that came to Jesus for healing was healed. Through Jesus, we saw Jesus couldn't stand a person demonized. So every demon that was stupid enough to come to Jesus was cast out of a person. And we saw a father that couldn't imagine eternity without you. A father that said, I will do whatever it takes to make sure you and I are together forever. And Jesus, as we know, paid the price for that. At our City West College, we, we usually start the two-year cycle of our Certificate 4 with a subject called Intimacy with God. So you, you want to be wrecked, mate. Do a course called Intimacy with God. You're never the same again. And, and, and last year, the first subject that we did was that. And it's great because it builds a foundation upon which you can build every other aspect of your Christian life. Because can I be honest with you guys? If this issue of the Father is not sorted out, you're going to always act like an orphan. You can go to church for years of your life, but you will always act like an orphan. 
He has no idea who the Father is. No idea where home is. And attached to that, no idea who you are. Because attached to this is your identity. In an earthly sense, the father in a family is the one who gives identity to his children. Did you know that? It's the father's job to do that. Not the mum's. It's the father's role to give identity to the children, to make sure that they know who they are, valued, dearly loved and worth something. The reality is not many people, or there are a large segment of people that have never had that. So we have now have churches full of orphans. Now, an orphan in a spiritual sense is someone that can go through religious motions, sing the songs, take communion, even teach, and yet still be an orphan. I should know because I was an orphan for years leading a church. And my wife says yes because she knows. Oh. For years I walked with God acting like an orphan and a slave rather than a son. You see, what I would do, I would try and perform for his acceptance. Every time I would get up to preach, it was me almost proving to God how much I, how much I loved him. And if I didn't feel I got a sense of his approval after I preached, the next few hours were hell on earth because I would beat myself up. Not physically, thankfully. But you know what I mean? Mentally. I'd be so messed up by church life when I saw those empty chairs, man. Didn't matter who was actually at church, that people actually came, but to me the only focus was, why is that chair empty? Where are they? They're not here to hear me preach. How messed up is that? If my wife didn't give me words of affirmation after I preached, man, I was a mess. And then on the other side, if she gave me one of those looks, honey, how did you think that went? Uh, you know, uh, don't have to say anything. Men, you know. You know, it doesn't take words sometimes. Uh, oh, mate. I would go to bed miserable in a very dark, dark place. That's an orphan. And I'd work hard, you know, neg neglecting my family, neglecting friends, working, working, working in ministry, trying to prove to God how serious I was, how intense I was about this ministry thing that he called me to. It almost got so intense I thought my head would pop off. <laughs> but one day he broke through and he said something to me which, man, offended me bad. I didn't think God spoke to people like this. You know, I thought it was like all these airy, fairy, cute words. But all of a sudden he speaks to me like a father and I never had that before. And he said this, Mark, because that's what he calls me. <laughs> Thankfully he knows my name. Mark, I miss you. I miss you. That's all he, that's all he had to say. And I stopped in my tracks. I said, what? After I got over the initial shock, I said, God, what do you mean you miss me? I'm quite, to be honest, I'm a little bit offended by that. Because here I am working my guts out for you. I've given my life for you to do this thing that you've called me to. 
You sent me from overseas on the mission field back to Melbourne to start this church. I'm doing this for you. He goes, are you? Who are you actually doing it for? Oh, I miss you. I miss your heart. I miss the times we would spend together where you would just sit near me and say nothing. I miss the times when silence was okay. I miss your worship. I miss you reading my word just because you want to, not because you have to prepare a message for Sunday. Oh, it's getting, getting too personal, God. I don't like the way you're talking to me like this. And then he said these words, which cut me deep. He said, I don't want a slave. I want a son. I don't want a slave. I want a son. I believe some of you need to hear that today. I don't want a slave. I want a daughter. I don't want a slave. I want a son. I didn't save you for you to be employed by me. You're not my employee. You're in the family business doing it with me. That changed everything. One encounter with the Father changes everything, church. I was never the same after that conversation because something grabbed a hold of me, or should I say someone grabbed a hold of me. All of a sudden, God also said this. He he said, I'm not impressed by your ministry. How rude is that? I spend hours preparing. And what, you're not impressed by my ministry? I mean, haven't you heard my last CD, God? Didn't you listen to it last week? That was awesome. No, I'm not impressed by your ministry. What are you impressed by? You. I look at you and I'm speechless. I look at you and and I'm melting in love. I look at you and you make my face shine. But what do I have to do? No, you don't have to do anything. You just have to be... You just have to be my son. You don't have to strive. You don't have to push this thing. You don't have to force this. Just come and sit a while. And God gave me a very clear prophetic word. This is awesome. You ready for this? Yeah. I mean, when, you know when you're about to receive a prophetic word, it's like there's a rumbling. Mm-hmm. And you go, this is going to be so good. And you, this is the word. And I waited for more, but that's all he said. <laughs> Quiet. Come and, come, come and rest a while. Right here, son. Come and crawl up into this big chest of mine and let me hold you. Mm. Wow. Some of the most beautiful moments is, or have been throughout the years, me holding these precious. I've got two boys which are in there kids room right now but holding them without having to say a word parents you know the feeling how good is that they don't have to sit and say anything it's just oh you want to spend time with me i wonder where we got that from you see what a slave does is that he obeys out of obligation a slave thinks he needs to perform for acceptance. He, he looks for his belonging in the applause of others. I should know. A 
was like that for years. A slave doesn't find his satisfaction in the one who loves him most. But yet a son, a son knows, a son knows deep within who he is. And you know what? Even if no others agree, it's okay. It's okay. Because the father gives you that wink. That's my boy. That's my boy. Please don't think this is just for me. I know I'm his favourite. I mean, he told me that. No? No, you don't believe that, do you? I hope not. I hope not, because he loves us all equally. But he looks at you, and he cheers you on. You want a cheer squad? Listen to the Father. He looks at you, and he says, Whoa, that's my girl! As, as these precious girls were worshipping here this morning, where are they? As you, got, as you were worshipping here this morning, I just felt the, smart, the father smiling. He's like, oh, that's my girl. That's my girl. Look at her dancing before me. Look at her just enjoying me. <laughs> he loves you so much, I'm wrecked. All striving stops. Guys, if your identity is not grounded in him, you will be a slave to something or someone. If your identity is not a son or a daughter, you will be an orphan your whole life. That's the reality of it. It's either or. There's no in between here. Your identity is so crucial. Do you ever find yourself doing something you don't want to do, but you keep on doing it? Didn't Paul say that? You know, what I don't want to do, I do. And what I know I should do, I don't do. That's out of an orphan spirit. That's out of an orphan spirit, you see. You see, when... (laughs) When your identity is grounded, deeply rooted in who the Father says you are, it's not hot and cold love, is it? It's not, look, today you did well, son. You behaved yourself. You didn't say a curse word. Well done. You didn't cut anyone off in traffic. You didn't abuse anyone. Well done, son. Today, oh, I love you. (laughs) Come here. Come here. Let me give you a hug. But then the day after, oh, son, 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 you embarrassed me again. Look, how about you go sit in a naughty corner? Until I'm ready to love you again. Sometimes we think God is that way. He's not that way. His love is so perfect. His love is so constant. His love is so complete. It doesn't matter what kind of day you have. It doesn't matter. Because he looks at you and he sees his son. He sees Jesus all over you. And don't think for one moment, because you cut someone off in traffic, Jesus says, oh, I don't want anything to do with this scumbag. Really? He doesn't leave you that easily. On the way to church this morning, you probably might have had a bit of a troubled time in the car. It's not funny how the arguments start flying Sunday morning getting ready for church. That's why I get to church 7.30 and my wife comes later with the kids. (laughs) 
Smart man, I tell you. I've learned from my mistakes. I'm not even exposing myself to this, mate. <laughs> Use two cars, come earlier. Okay. <laughs> I just dug a hole. I don't even know where I'm going from that one. <laughs> I live dangerously up on the platform. When I'm down there, man, it's a different story, I tell you. I'm not that brave at home. I know I look big and scary, but she petrifies me, this woman. <laughs> you be careful, Chanel. Behave yourself. <laughs> what I'm getting to today, if you listen carefully and you grab a hold of this, this will transform your life. It was said earlier that, God, may we leave here different. May we leave here changed, not as we were when we came in. Do you want to have faith for that? I do. I'm ready for an encounter. I'm ready for you to have an encounter. I want to see you changed. I want to see you rock. Because, you know, we're family and I love you guys. This feels like home to me. There's There's that heart connection. This feels like home. So I want to tell you a bit about my dad. His name's God. God. My daddy's awesome. I actually call him daddy. Because that's what I read of in the scriptures, that we can call him Abba. It's a term of endearment. It's like a child raising his hands up to daddy. There was a couple that came into our church at last year sometime. And I preached about daddy and I would call him daddy and I would refer to him as daddy. They were so offended they stormed out. They were so offended that I have the guts. No doubt. It's obvious. (laughs) Come on, wake up sunshine. But they were so offended that I could actually call almighty God daddy. I mean, how rude is that? How offensive is that? Who do you think you are? Well, I'm a son, man. If my kids called me, um, good morning, almighty father, (laughs) I'd say, kiss my ring, polish the shoes, and get to school. (laughs) Almighty father, can I get you a coffee? That'd be rude to me. What happens when we... Go to God and say, oh, holy, holy, I fear you. I'm scared of you. And we use all these, these, this religious lingo. We use all these commands. We use all these special prayer. Come on. Is that a father? No, that's a master. It's not a father. That's not a father. A father says, son, son, daughter, come. Watch this. Watch what I do with this one. And I'll use your hands in the process and I'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. How's that sound? He's amazing, church. He's amazing. He's the best dad you can ever find. Best dad you can ever find. I've got some, as you're looking through scripture, there are some obvious things that stand out. One of the ones here I want to share with you, share a few of them with you. The first one is this, he patiently waits. Um, I'm a patient man. 
but when my girls take an hour to get ready, <laughs> dude, I've had enough. I'm leaving in five minutes. If you don't come now, you catch the taxi. I'm not very patient, but thank God our daddy is. Because sometimes it takes you and I quite a while to get something here. That lump. Is it just me or sometimes it takes years? He also lovingly corrects. Lovingly corrects. Someone once said he loves us too much to leave us this way. That's our daddy. He doesn't do it to have a bit of fun. Hey, angels, watch me mess with this one for a while. Whack, 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 whack. That was cool, yeah? He lovingly corrects, as a father should. Another aspect of his nature is that he generously gives. Generously gives. Oh, man. If you want to see a generous father, look upward. He's amazing. When, when, when I thought God reached his limit, he goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's just the beginning. Get ready for this. And he pours it out and pours it out and pours it out until there's an overflow. There we go. I thought I'd had that in there. Overflow. <laughs> and if he says no, there's always a better yes coming. It's all good. He also fiercely protects. Oh, I love my daddy when he does this. He says, you want to get to my son, Mark? You have to get through me first. I don't think I know any demon that stupid to have a go at God. They tried and they learned their lesson pretty quickly. (laughs) You want to get to faith? You've got to get through me first. He fiercely protects. He loves you guys more than you could ever imagine. He's a good dad. How about this one? He powerfully fights. I love the movie 300. All you know, the abs. The abs. I want to be like that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I see the Spartans so overly confident, just dealing, going into battle. I think, wow, that's man. How brave can man be sometimes? Yeah, this is how God, this is how God leads us into battle. He goes... Let's go. Let's go fight this war. Oh, cool. Let's go marching, 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 marching. He goes, okay, you stand there, you worship and watch me win. So now you can do this. What are you doing, man? I'm fighting the devil. And the amazing thing about our dad is that he fights for you and then he says to you, well done. You fought so well today. Well done. That's the kind of dad we have. He lets you take the credit. How about this one? He wisely teaches. There are times when he needs to say, okay, son, grab a seat. I've got something you need to learn today. Another one? He unconditionally loves. He's not scared off by your failures, okay? All right? He's not scared about the, the sin that you will do tomorrow. Because he already sees, he's not surprised by it. He's not scared off by those things. He unconditionally loves. How about this one? He gently leads. God's not harsh. He's not forceful. 
He doesn't demand his way on you and then forces you into the pocket. No, 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 no. He'll say, you coming? Are you coming? And then he answers you, then the choice is yours. He's not going to wrap a train around your neck and say, you're coming. No, are you coming? Coming to do what? Well, to change the world with me. And he abundantly blesses. I think he wants to actually bless us more than we're willing to receive it. You know that? I believe that. Now, as good as it is to know that he pours all this stuff upon us, he's a good dad towards us, his, his love is generous, his love is overflowing, that's awesome and we all love hearing that stuff. But I want to just turn this around now and explain to you what you do to him. Because that's relationship. Yeah. My wife affects me and I affect my wife. Yeah. That is relationship. And that's what we have in him. Jesus didn't come to give us religion, church. I haven't convinced any of you of that one. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us relationship. Religion is man's attempt. It's an orphan's attempt of getting the approval of God. That's religion. Relationship? Completely different. Completely different. So the fact is, the fact of the matter is this, that God has positioned himself to be affected by you. He made the choice. He has positioned himself to be affected by your actions, your words, your choices. Through our scripture, we see that we, through our choice, can give him pleasure. I mean, isn't that what worship is? I'm sure you've heard the story of, of someone going up to the pastor after a service and said, look, I got nothing out of that worship today. And then he said, what? It wasn't for you. Doesn't matter what you got out of it. That wasn't for you. That was for him. That was for his pleasure. So you you can do that. You can also cause him grief. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, can't we? Hello? Am I right? We can also make, make him proud in a good way. The father. He loves bragging about his kids. Just who he is. Have you seen his wallet? Man, the photos in that, whoa. We can actually stir his generous heart. We can call him into action. We can compel him to fight for us. We can even make him laugh. True story. We can't escape that our actions, our words, our motives, our decisions deeply impact Father God. Now, if you see him as a distant being, you're going to have a problem with this. Because that just is getting too, too close for comfort now. But if you see it from intimacy, from a father who longs to spend time with his child, this will take your breath away. amazing sorry guys
we, we get to do this with him. I'm driving here this morning and I'm just thinking, thinking about you, thinking about what, what this time together is about. I got so overwhelmed by the fact that we get to do this with him. He said to me this morning, I got up early and I just spent time in our little library there and, I was, and he said to me this, I believe I heard these words from him. Today, son, we're going to get the orphans and we're going to bring them home. I sense it very strongly today. Today, son, we're going to get the orphans and we're going to bring them home. I want you to be honest with yourself, okay? I don't want you putting up any, any face mask. Let's just destroy all hypocrisy and let's just say it like it is. If you are fighting for his approval, if you don't know that you belong and that you are valued and loved more than you could ever imagine, if you are trying to impress God, if you are trying to go through the hoops of religious duty, you're an orphan. And today, you're coming home. You're coming home. Because that's the Father's will. I'm not going to force you, and he won't force you. But I'm believing today that the orphans are being awakened right now as I speak. That your identity, the Holy Spirit is partnering, see? He's, he's breathing into your identity right now and he's awakening what you never thought was there. And all of a sudden, today, you will start addressing him as Papa, Daddy, Abba. You are going to be so overwhelmed by the Father's presence and love that words will not suffice. That won't be good enough. Second Corinthians six, sixteen and eighteen, listen to these words. God said, I will dwell with them and walk among them. Talking about you being the temple, okay? He says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then he says this, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Do you see the heart behind God? You know, church, if he wanted us to call him boss, we would have to call him boss. Am I right? He could have said whatever he wanted. You shall call me dictator. <laughs> you shall call me sir. You shall call me commander. You, he could have said anything, but he chose to say, you call me father, and I'll call you son. I'll call you daughter, and together. That's how this life works. Not boss. Father. I want to show you something that is going to blow your mind. There's a little book in the Bible called Zephaniah. Sounds like a name that should be in Star Wars, I reckon. Zephaniah. Doesn't it? Zephaniah is a strange little book in, in, in the um, minor prophets of the Old Testament. But there is one verse in there which I want to focus on. And this is gold. All right? You're going to get your money's worth today. 
even the cheap seats back there. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's so good. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Now, if you try to find it, be careful, you might miss it. And you're flicking your pages. You know one of those books? Whoops, missed it. It's there somewhere. Keep on, keep on going. You'll get there. But Zephaniah 3.17 is one of the most breathtaking pieces of scripture that you'll find about the Father. We're not going to read straight through it. I'm going to go line by line and I want to pull out the gold in these words. You ready? Yeah. You still with me? Yeah. yeah. Let me just take a bit of a, a, bit of a sip of my, my vodka here. Actually, it's only water. I have to clarify that. It's only water. I used to make that joke at church and someone came up to rebuke me one day. Um, you shouldn't make that joke because people might think you're a drunk. Okay, orphan. Let's go. The first line is this. The Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God in your midst. Listen carefully to me. He is the ever-present, never-absent Father. Anyone happy about that? The ever-present, never-absent Father. Ha! Some of you have no idea what that means. Because maybe you had the ever-present, ever-absent Father. Thank God He's not that way. Because He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a promise that goes through the ages. This is a Father that says, I will be with you even when you don't want me there. Even when you wish I wasn't there, I'm with you. Ah, that's our daddy. I want to destroy some lies right now. I want to go after some lies. I want to destroy them. You ready? Listen to these words carefully. You are not a bother. You are not a hassle. You are not high maintenance. You are not unwanted. You're not forgotten. You're not embarrassing. You're not ugly. You're not hopeless. You're not useless. You are not a nobody. I hear the Father say, I actually want to be with you. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Because you take my breath away. You're not a nobody. You're mine. You're mine. I adopted you. I paid the price with my son's blood, remember? The adoption is done. Now come and be a son or a daughter. He says, I will dwell with them and walk with them in 2 Corinthians. With that truth comes this amazing amazing assurance, which is the next line of Zephaniah 3.17. Then it says this, the mighty one will save. The mighty one will save. Sons and daughters, listen. Fear is never an option in the presence of the Father. Never an option. If you fear fearful, feel fearful, step back into his presence. If fear ever becomes an option, reposition yourself quickly. The mighty one will save. He's present with you. He's here to protect you. Yes, there are um, attacks. Yes, there are schemes of the enemy targeted at you right now. The enemy's looking at you, at your family, at your marriage, at your future, and he says, I want to destroy that. 
Now, which father will you submit to? There's two fathers going after you right now. The father of lies and heavenly father. What's your choice? Now, the enemy can have as many plans as he wants against the sons and daughters of father. But he will quickly realise once again that our father is mighty to save. That our father does not leave us in the heat of battle. That our father says, watch this, son, I've got your back. <laughs> I, I just hear him say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, just, just chillax. Don't worry, I've got this. That's how my dad speaks to me. Don't worry. Don't worry, I've got this. And I love, I love, I love what this does to the enemy. In the Psalms, there's a, there's a statement which says this. He set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what that looks like? That's the father saying, son, dinner time. I've set up a table, come and join me for dinner. I sit here, he sits there, and there's the devil watching on and says, I can't get close. Look who he's with. Look who he's with. I believe that that verse set the table in the presence of my enemies. God put that there to mock the enemy. Saying, devil, watch my son, watch my daughter and I have dinner. And all you can do is watch from a distance because you can't come close. You're not invited to this party. That must frustrate him so bad. Mm, it's good. I want you to repeat this statement after me, please. When I am with my father, there is no possibility of defeat. Believe it? When I'm with my father, there's no possibility of defeat. It's not even an option. Because I live from victory, not for victory. I'm living already from a place that's been sealed and delivered. It's done. It's not coming one day. Oh, one day we'll get the victory. No, no, it's done, church. It's finished. So when you live from that place, there's no possibility of defeat. Unless you come into agreement with the deceiver. That's where choices kick in. All Satan's got on you is agreement. His authority over you has been broken at the cross. Jesus took the keys of authority back. Jesus broke his power over you once and for all. The only effect he has in your life is by your agreement. That's all he's got, church. You don't agree with him? You resist him? He must flee. I've got Bible to back that one up. No possibility of defeat when you're with daddy. How good is that? Can you imagine the places you can go knowing that? Can you imagine waking up every morning knowing that defeat isn't even an option for me today? This is awesome stuff. Oh, wow. I'm preaching myself happy, mate. This is so good. All right, how about this one? The next line in Zephaniah is this. This is gold, you ready? He will rejoice over you with gladness. Repeat this statement after me. My father is not mad at me. He's glad towards me. He's not mad. He's glad. Feels like a little kid Sunday school, doesn't it? In the New Living Translation, it says that Father God takes delight in you. He takes delight in you. 
<sighs> Sometimes we get all religious about this, yeah? I nearly knocked myself out for a second there. <laughs> Sometimes we get all religious about this and, oh God, what you take delight when I'm at church doing ministry, yeah? Well, yeah. But I also take delight in you when you're cooking a meal for your family. I take delight on you when you go to work on a Monday morning when you know you can't be bothered, but you are fighting for your family. I take delight in you when you take out the rubbish every Thursday night. I take delight in you when you wash the clothes for your family. I take delight in you before you even put on your makeup. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah? I take delight in you before you've even done your hair. The moment you wake up, I take delight in you, my son. You take my breath away. I hope you realise this, God says. Yeah, but God, those other activities aren't very holy, aren't they? For a Christian, I hope you know that everything's spiritual. <laughs> Did you know in the Jewish culture, there is no category for spirituality? There's no category for it. Because to them, everything is spiritual. Family life, work life is spiritual. Everything, as a son and daughter of the Father, you're doing with him. How good is this? This word rejoicing over you with gladness. I hope you're impressed. I'm about to give you the Hebrew word for the word rejoice. You ready? Thank God for software, hey? You don't need to go to Bible college for this one. It's actually S-I-Y-S. Pronounce that one. Sis. S-I-Y-S. That's the word rejoice here. And what it actually means is that to brighten one's face. It's, it's the face of God brightening at the delight of you. That's crazy to me. The face of God brightening... Because you came. You make him happy, church. <laughs> you brought him pleasure before you even sung a song this morning. I hope you realise. He took delight in you because you made a choice to be with him. Oh, I don't know, that makes me happy. So, church, this is, this is crazy how, how, how good he is towards us. You know how, you know how sometimes parents... Let me speak to parents for a second... You know when your kids are little and they're so cute and you just want to eat them up? Yeah? yeah? Like, I remember when my kids... Shanam, Sh- close your ears for a sec. I prayed for a kid with chubby cheeks. And I got it. <laughs> she had the chubbiest cheeks as a kid. And, oh, man, I would munch on those cheeks for hours. Oh, I just... Oh, I loved him. And as a parent, sometimes it gets so much that you think you're going to burst. Yeah? You know, the love starts swelling up. Oh, look at this kid. Little babies. This is just my parent coming out. You know the little chubby rolls? And on the legs? It's cute at that age. (laughs) said, honey, look at the rolls. She goes, I'm not impressed by that anymore. You're not six months of age. (laughs) <laughs> you're a grown man, go to the gym <laughs> but little babies aren't they the cutest little bits oh you just want to pinch them 
That's the delight that the Father has in you. He goes, oh, the face brightens, the smile from ear to ear. Oh, look at this kid. God loves my roles. He looks at me, whoa. You know, move on, mate. Stop trying to, justi- stop trying to justify yourself. Yeah. He takes delight in me because <laughs> I'm his favourite. Okay. He will quiet you with his love is the next line. He will quiet you with his love. <sighs> Wherever they're going, God, bless them. He will quiet you with his love. Are you uncomfortable at silence? It's a bit awkward at times. The, the ministers in Melton, we get together every, every Wednesday morning for prayer. But then once a month we have a, a meeting together. And something I learned from the Anglican minister, Sister Elisa, great woman of God. And she taught us the value of Silence. Because I, coming from a charismatic church, <laughs> it's got to be noisy. <laughs> it's got to be, come on, come on, come on, rev them up. Noisy, there's got to be not a single moment of silence. And if there ever will be, we'll fill it in with a keyboard. Or a guitar. Or a video. Yeah? So she says, can I just give you a word of advice? Try inserting some silence into your service on Sunday. We tried it. Man, it was awkward in the beginning. It's like, you know, someone should be saying something right now. But we grew to love those moments where sometimes the worship team will do nothing. They'll just stand there. And for a few minutes, we won't play a chord. We won't sing a word. It'll just be silence. And I'll tell you what, some of the most intimate moments we've had with God have been in those moments. It's glorious. You see, the Father wants to quiet you with his presence. He wants to remind you to be still and know that I am God. Would you agree with me that our lives are pretty noisy these days? Come on. You know, if, if, if we're not looking at an iPhone or an iPad... And that's the only version that's permitted. Uh, no, Apple. Apple of his eye, remember. <laughs> we occupy our lives with everything. You go to the supermarket, there's noise. There's music. You go in the, in the lift, there's music. You, you, you drive in your car, there's music. You, we fill our lives with so much stuff that many times God's whisper is unheard because it's not loud enough. And many times we say to God, God, can you shout a little bit louder? Scream a little bit, God, because I want to hear you. Be still. Be still. Be what? Be, be, be what? Still. God has been convicting my wife. Be still this year. I gave a prophetic word over our church at the beginning of the year, and the word was one word, rest. I didn't expect that. 
you know, as a pastor, we like to receive the words breakthrough, victory, conquer, more than rest. Let me quiet you with my love. Let me stop your striving. Let me stop you going 100 miles an hour. Just sit with me for a while. What do I say? Say nothing. Say nothing. Remember the prophetic word? And his peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Anyone need a good dose of peace? Oh man, we need it. Can you imagine the revelations you will get in the moment of silence? Can you imagine the things that God has reserved for you today? Should you be quiet and listen? Can you imagine the dreams? Can you imagine the world-changing initiatives coming out of God's sons and daughters that are yet to be received simply because we've been too busy? A couple of the girls in our church, after I gave the word rest, were so affected by what God was telling them to do. They were very high-ranking Tupperware saleswomen. Executives, driving the company cars, thousands and thousands of dollars in bonuses each month. Rolling it in. But the problem with that is that it took them away from their family pretty much most nights of the week. They didn't have time for family anymore. Marriages began to suffer. Kids began to suffer because of it. They were so deeply affected that the Monday morning following they went and handed in their resignation. And I said, we can't do this anymore. This will destroy my life. This will destroy my family. I think it's time to get a little bit radical about this issue. Can I ask you, sons and daughters, what's standing in the way of you hearing him? When was the last time you heard the father speak? This is at the core of your relationship. If you do not hear his voice, you're in trouble. Sons and daughters, hear me. If you do not hear the voice of the Father, you are at trouble at the core of your relationship. Be still. Let him quiet you with his love. Don't be scared of silence. Now, some of you are thinking, get a little bit louder, please. This is uncomfortable. Well, God in his goodness is about to get quite loud. You would be quite happy to to know that silence doesn't last forever. That even God has moments of silence, but he also has moments where he's going to get a little bit loud. Now, if... You're not from a charismatic or Pentecostal background. You might get a little bit offended by what I'm about to read. Because God gets Pentecostal on us now. Serious. This is, this is, this is crazy, man. You ready? Sure? Do I want to go there? All right. You asked for it. 
The last line of Zephaniah 3.17 says this. He will rejoice over you with singing. It's not la, 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 la. It's not that kind of song. Let me pull this apart for you. In the ESV translation, it says, He will exult over you with loud singing. Loud singing. Silence has stopped. The father can't contain himself. He goes, oh, this kid has got me so bad. I've I, I, I got to let it out. And he starts singing over you. God has a song with your name in it. God is singing a song about you, for you, to you. What key would he sing in? Probably the key of H, where mankind doesn't even know what that key is. What would his song sound like? Picture for a moment the Father embracing you, singing over you with such a loud voice that the foundations of heaven start shaking. The angels sing, oh, here he goes again. The Father singing about his sons and daughters again. Hold on to something because this is getting a little bit rocky. Can you imagine the demons trembling? Oh, here, here God goes again, singing about his family. You know, sometimes only a song will do, am I right? Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. You might want to sing to your loved one today. And your wife's thinking, don't. You haven't heard my husband sing. Screeching cats. But God rejoices over you. You've so captured his heart that he's rejoicing over you with loud singing. It's so loud that things are shaking, church. Oh, wow. But it gets better. But there's more. This word rejoice is different to the other word rejoice I shared earlier. You know that S-I-Y-S word? Well, the Hebrew word for this one is G-U-W-L. Gul. However you know. Same English word, but different Hebrew word. And as I started digging into what this word rejoice means, it, it wrecked me. Get this. It describes God as not just singing loudly over you, but he's also spinning around you as if doing a wild dance. I'm sorry, that's not the religious God I grew up with. That's a bit undignified, God. He's singing loudly and he's dancing around you. What is that? That's a father madly in love with his sons and daughters. I would show you what I think it would look like. But I wouldn't stop shaking for two hours. <laughs> Serious. True story. But can you imagine? Just, just, let down. I don't want to, I can't, I can't go on. Imagine, just try and picture the father singing in such a loud voice that heaven's foundations are shaking and he can't contain himself so he grabs you in his arms and he starts dancing. He starts dancing so extravagantly, so wildly, that it actually looks a little bit uncomfortable. That's our daddy. Not our prim and proper God. That's your father who loves you beyond what you can imagine. And you do this to him. You getting this, guys? You are doing this to him. 
You are affecting him this much. Whoa! That's, that's crazy to me. I, I, I'll tell you what, I still get a little bit uncomfortable about this. My Father God rejoicing over me with extravagant dancing and loud singing. He's singing a song with my name in it. He's making sure that all the heaven knows how madly in love he is with me. <sighs> what is that? What is that? That's love. That's love. You showed up. You said yes, and you wrecked him. Wrecked in a good way. So we love to say, oh, I'm so wrecked by God, man. Whoa, God's wrecking me. Well, God says, you did that to me today too. <sighs> Have you heard my number one top, top single? Number one on the charts in heaven? I love Amy. That's the name of the song. I'm sure I love Andrews there too, bro. Yeah. Guarantee it. Wow. Has that messed up your perception of who God is? <laughs> Can I just ask you a question? In that place of being embraced by him, in that place where he is rejoicing over you with gladness, where he is... Um, Rejoicing over you with loud singing and dancing. When, when that's happening, what happens to your cares? What happens to your concerns? What happens to your troubles? What happens to the stuff you were worried about? What happens to them? Does it matter? <laughs> Is it the mountain that you thought it was? Hello? All, 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 all your feelings about yourself when you look in the mirror and you think, gee, you're an ugly bugger. You know the feelings that sometimes we have about ourselves? Yeah. I need to say this to you and I need to say it from a father's heart. Can you hear me carefully now? Whew. You sure, God? What some of you say about yourselves, how dare you? How dare you? You are saying that about the one he's singing about? And he's dancing over. And he's saying, how dare you say that about my daughter? How dare you say that about my son? Stop. I love that one. As a matter of fact, I love that one so much. Listen to my song. How dare you agree with, this, with Satan and not with me? Yeah, but Father, I, I'm a failure. I can't do anything right. God, do you see me? I can't even hold down a job. I, I can't do this. How dare you? How dare you speak about the one I love like that? But I'm speaking about me. How dare you? Stop. Don't agree with him. Agree with me. And I think... You are so amazing. I think you're so beautiful. I think you're so talented. I think you're so gifted that I came for you through my son. I paid the price for you through his blood. Don't you ever, ever, 
ever cheapen what I did. Stop right now. When you look in the mirror, how about you agree with me? This is not some self-help improvement talk. Okay? I'm not, I'm not into that. I want you to look in the mirror this afternoon. Look yourself in the eye. And I dare you to agree with what the Father says of you. And if you need to say this, I am an amazing son of God. I am an amazing daughter of God. Do it. Start there. Start there. You watch your heart burst open with dreams. You watch. You watch your heart burst open with destiny. You watch. Oh, come on now. Be careful what you say about yourself. Okay? Because you are offending him. You are grieving the heart of Father. If my daughters kept on bagging themselves, oh, look at me, I'm ugly, I'm hopeless, I would stop, stop that right now. You look at me, kid. You are amazing. You're not a mistake. You are not someone cast to the side. You are the apple of my eye. You are everything to me, and I will die for you. Oh, as a matter of fact, I did. I sent Jesus. That's what the Father says. Loud singing, extravagant dancing. Wow. Leave me breathless. Oh. And that's why when I ask Father for his heart for a certain people, like I did for this morning, I look at you guys and I said to you, I'm wrecked in the beginning before even saying anything because God gave me a little bit of a glimpse and now you know why. Oh. oh man. Whew. This could be the best day of your life. Yeah. Everything can change from this moment on. This moment on. Everything. I'm going to bring it to a close by inviting you in to a place. A place where you're not hearing the criticisms of others. A place where you're not hearing about the ridicule from yourself or even from others. I'm inviting you into a place today where you know that you know that you are so loved, you are so cherished, you are so adored, and you, you, you're starting to get a glimpse of how special you really are. You're starting to hear a different voice. You're starting to hear a different tune to your life. You're going to start feeling some wind around you it's not wind from outside. It's actually the train of his robe flowing around you. Imagine that. I've had some moments in my intimacy with God where I have felt a supernatural wind pass by me. There wasn't a window open and I wasn't in the draft. I believe that was the father dancing. <laughs> I've also smelt the presence of Holy Spirit. Breathtaking, isn't it? And that's just him passing you by with his aftershave. (laughs) 
What we're going to do is this. We're just going to pause for a moment in silence. I will shutteth my mouth for a while. And I want to invite you to open your heart, open your ears to what Father wants to say to you, if he wants to say anything at all. If he doesn't say a word, be okay with that. Because maybe this moment is so precious that a word is not necessary. I hope you realise that the Father's silence is not his absence. Hello? The Father's silence is him being speechless at how amazing you are. (laughs) That's what it is. He's speechless. So let's just be quiet for a moment. overwhelming isn't he church he's overwhelming wow Papa, we love you so much. 
thank you for the way you accept us. I'm so grateful, Daddy, for the way you invite us into your reality. Papa, there might be some orphans in this room right now and I ask you just to reveal in your gentle way what you think of them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now you awaken their true identity. Not what others have said of them, not even what their history has tried to define them as. I ask you, Father, to show them your heart. Amaze them with what they see. That though some might have walked into this room as orphans, that they will walk out of here as sons and as daughters, never the same again. That there'll be a deep knowing, there will be an assurance of who they are that cannot be stolen. I declare over you, church, that you are defined by who Father God says you are. You are not defined by your experience. If I was to ask you now, who are you? And you would say the words, I am, what would, you, what would be the filler there? I am what? Some of you might say, I am a divorcee. That's not who you are. That's an experience. That's not who you are. I am a factory worker. I am a single mum. I am a husband. No, that is not who you are. I invite you to say these words. I am a son. <laughs> I am a daughter. That's who you are. And I seal it now in the glorious name of Jesus. And it will not be stolen. Let's lock it away. I'd love to pray for some of you before I hand it over to Andrew. I'd love to pray for some of you afterwards. I give amazing hugs, man. I tell you, I'll squeeze the life out of you if you let me. But what I've noticed in times of ministry, and I shared some of these moments with you last time, where healing actually comes through a hug. And if you'll let the Father hug you through me, I'll be honoured. But how about we deal with this, yeah? Don't live another day as an orphan. It's wasting time. I love you guys. Thanks for your attention. Thanks for your heart. And I really appreciate you, you giving me your time because this is precious. And thanks for the invitation, bro. So we're going to... Have some time where Mark can pray. Uh, mindful of the time too. Our children are about to be released, so parents stay, but just know that your kids are about to come back in. Ollie, can I have you on the keys? And if the worship team want to get up there, by all means. I keep thinking of, um, you know, uh, he split the sea so I could walk right through it. But around around the the bridge chorus, whatever it's called, where we're not a slave to fear. Because we're a child of God. <laughs> what a sobering thought it is when we realise that we're children of God. Oh, 
what an, a, a profound statement, really, when we're able to grab hold of who our father, who our daddy, who our papa is. And like Mark, I think Mel and I, and particularly myself, I've, have been on this journey now for two years, maybe even three. And this church has been on that journey, discovering who we are, walking in our sonship, grabbing hold of our full authority because of who God is and who we are in him. But there are always moments of struggle in that. So while the team plays, I'm going to invite you to stand. And if those words that Mark spoke have resonated with you and you need that hug, you need that help, you need God to touch you so you can step into your promised land of sonship and daughtership, then this altar is open. Come and grab hold of what God has for you, amen. Come and get some prayer. Come and be released into all that God's called you to be. come forward come and get prayer come and ask daddy to do something in your heart that will change you from the moment that you walk out come and ask daddy to do something in your life that the moment you receive a word a touch even that step forward you'll be changed forevermore because of that one encounter this opportunity is yours yeah Oh. 
blood flows through. 